0: 10 of The Good and Beautiful Life, and um, what we've been talking about is this idea about Jesus coming, and his first sermon is a Sermon on the Mount, and we've been going through that sermon uh, together. And Jesus starts out the sermon this way, he says, repent for the kingdom of uh, God is in your midst. And what we talked about is that Greek word repent means change, change your thinking, change your mind, change the way you've been thinking. Now, if you uh, kind of catch them where they're at, Jesus came to an occupied territory. It was occupied by Rome, but it was, it was Israel's land. And so they're, in, and they're an occupied land. They're poor. Okay, the people who are supposed to have it together, the religious people, the religious kind of power structure, are all jacked up. And they're all, you know, in with the politicians and all this kind of stuff. So there's real like no safe place. And and so if you were were in that particular region at that particular time, Jesus is coming and he's just like, you know what, I, I know what it looks like. You're occupied, uh, you don't know where your next meal is coming from, the taxation is crazy, all this kind of stuff. But I, I, I want you to change the way you're thinking. Now, some of that repentance is kind of feeling sorry for past sins and all that, but really what it means in the Greek is this, change the way you've been thinking, a life with intimacy and interaction with God is now in your midst. And so here's, here's what it would mean like for, for you. Let's say you're in school, Okay. And you're walking through the halls and you don't have any friends or you have tons of friends or whatever, but you don't like it and you're going to your locker and there's that girl, there's that guy or whatever. Jesus would come up to you and say, hey, change the way you see school. I'm right here with you. The kingdom of God is right here. You can experience me at your locker. You can experience me with your friends. Don't think of it as far as circumstances are concerned. Or he might say this to somebody, you're in a relationship. And that relationship is failing. And, is, and you're, you're about ready to call it quits. And you just don't know how you're going to move on. It, this is what Jesus would say to you Hey, change the way you're thinking. I'm right here. Let's go through this together. Let, 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 me, let me guide you. Let me show you. Let me let me instruct you on how to move through this. Or let's say you're single and you want to be married. And or or just have a you know a date, <laughs> right? This is what Jesus would say. He'd come alongside of you and say, hey, I know you're putting a lot of stock in that and I care about that part of your life as well, but I want you to shift your thinking a little bit. You can still experience all that the kingdom has even when your circumstances aren't the way that you'd want them to, do, to be. He'd say this about Our finances. You go to the mailbox, you got going in, You all bills, you just shove it back into the mailbox, that's how you, pay, you know, you're just like, well, you know, from when, back to the depth from whence you came, and uh, la la la, I'm not listening, you know, I don't have any bills, it's fantastic, don't, don't, don't uh, kill the mailman, you won't have any bills. And so, um, don't quote me on that. Uh, but but he'd, he'd say, hey, I know you're frustrated about finances, and I talk about finances a lot, and you know, I, but, but here's, I just shift your thinking a little bit. I don't think money's the answer to all your problems. And so here's why. And so that's what he was saying. And so what we've been talking about is this idea of allowing God to be God in everything. Allowing God to be God in everything. Jesus was saying it this way. Um, he'd say, you've heard it said, and this is what he did throughout the whole sermon. Um, you heard it said, do not commit adultery and, and don't. Okay. But, but what I say is change the way you think. Stop way before the committing adultery. Don't even look upon a woman lustfully. Don't even, don't even objectify a woman. You're going to miss the kingdom if you do that. He says, um, uh, don't commit murder. You've heard that one. And he says, you know what? Change the way you're thinking about that. Don't even get angry. If you do, you're going to miss some of the kingdom that I have for you. It's right here, this relationship with me. And so that's what we've been talking about. What we want to talk about this morning is, well, I want to talk about our stories Um, We value stories here at Living Spring. We like to tell factual stories. We value the story of God. As a matter of fact, we did a whole series, our Dig Deep series, was really the story of God and humanity and how, how God rescued humanity, how God created humanity, how God wants a relationship with you, and what is God even like? And so we talked about his different attributes and different stories about, you know, what God is like. And we value each other's stories. In the relationship series, we talked about the fact that church should be a place, a safe place for you to be able to share your story. And you say to yourself, all of my story? All of your story. So, yesterday... We had uh, this whole sanctuary, was filled with artwork, and we had about 400 people pass through uh, here last night, going, checking out the art, and eating at the food truck, and all that, and just, they'd come and go, and so we, on campus, there was always like 125 or 150 people here, and then they'd go, and more people would come, it was very, very awesome, and one of the things they had uh, in the park, kind of by the parking lot, was this, now, when this was first there, it was blank, and, and, then, and there were some paint cans there, Now, you might look at this, it says, uh, this is art, and you might look at it and say, that's not art, (laughs) you know, I I don't, you know, that just looks like a a, a bunch of stuff, Um, uh, or you might be, like, really into art, and you you could talk in terms of, like, contrast and depth of field and uh, (laughs) all that other artsy stuff that I don't know about, okay, but... But but here's the interesting thing about this: when it was blank, the first thing that was drawn on it was this um, was this flower, and then Jane, uh, jean Vier, and Joey's daughter started painting some stuff down here, and different people painted other people's stuff. And this is what I thought to myself while someone was painting: I thought they're going into that other person's thing. Like 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 this person painted a flower, but then they like jacked up their thing, and then they added some other stuff to their flower, and poor Jane, I don't even know if you can see her stuff down here, it just got all messed up, and um, there's Plankton, that's just awesome, uh, for you Spongebob fans, I love Plankton, uh, there's Darth Vader, he wasn't there when I left, they, they, you just said they were just painting, like they would have gone all night painting, here's a piece of pizza, and then someone put a blue dot on there, but, but, but here's the thing, so so like if I did something that I was proud of, I don't want any of your paint touching my stuff because I took a long time on that. But this is the church. It's, it's all of us with our stories. Like Jane could only go up this high because that's all how high Jane is, <laughs> right? It's all of our stories put together touching each other, meshing it all together, what flows out of our heart. Now, Here's the interesting thing about stories, okay? It is impossible for me to know your whole story. Now, for many of you, I think I've got a pretty good idea of your story because I've I've heard it and we've talked about it. But it's impossible for me to know your whole story, partly because we don't usually share our whole story story, do we? We share the parts that, you know, are comfortable. Maybe if we get into a safe relationship, we'll begin to go, oh, and by the way, you know, um, those bodies they found, well, <laughs> it was a long time ago. <laughs> you know, I, I've totally changed, right? You know, so, so it's like, it's like uh, we have these stories. And so, and, and, and so we don't, and here, here's the other thing. We don't even know our own story. You have insecurities and things about you that happen from your childhood that you don't even remember. We have our own narratives, the story that we've come to believe about ourselves, and in some cases they might be true, and in some cases they might not be true. But we, and oftentimes we don't even know our own story. This is why if you ever go to recovery and they do an inventory and all that, one of those things, it's so helpful to the person because they're like, I found out stuff about me I didn't even know. And you sit there and you go, well, how did you not know? It's you. Like, you don't know you? No. You don't know you. Now, now, here's the thing. The only person that truly knows your story and the only person that truly knows my story is Jesus. He knows everything. He knows every memory we don't remember. He knows every insecurity. He knows every spring break. He knows everything. (laughs) He knows your story. Now, why do I bring this up? I bring it up because Jesus, because of this, Jesus has something to say to us, you and I, who don't really know each other's stories. In fact, we don't even know our own story oftentimes. Uh, several years back, I, I've told this story before, but it just so illustrates my own immaturity. But also, uh, the point I want to make this morning, we, and so you've probably heard the story, but, but we were at the beach, and we were with some other families, and Audrey was like six years old. And just so you kind of get an idea, um, this is what uh, she looked like. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that, that's what she looked like. So that's, that's how old she was when this story took place, just to give you some context. So we're at the beach, and she's got this bag of marshmallows, and I let her hold the bag of marshmallows. I have three children. I'll, only one of them I would let hold a bag of marshmallows, and that's Audrey because uh, she, uh, be, she'll only eat one marshmallow. So I let her hold the marshmallows, and uh, she had the marshmallows. We're at the beach, and, um, and this teenage boy comes and grabs the marshmallows from her, yanks them out of her hand. And I see this whole thing go down. Now, this little, I mean, look at that. What kind of evil person steals marshmallows from that little marshmallow, right? And so I, I like, the guy's got the marshmallows and, and she's crying, you know, and so I'm just like, all my parenting rage just builds up in me. I mean, godly rage, but it was rage. <laughs> and, and I'm like, hey, dude, give the marshmallows back. And he reaches into the bag and he just goes, I know. You're feeling it. You are feeling it. So I'm just like, okay, well, honey, call 911 because I'm going to jail right now. Uh, uh, and so uh, I got crying, Audrey, who, you know, and, and so, and then he eats another marshmallow. I said, I'm going to, I'm going to, let's let this go down. Just, you got one last shot. And, and his mom runs over and says, what's going on? And I said, demon boy here stole marshmallows from my little angel. Okay. I didn't say demon boy. Okay. Um, but I said, your son ripped the bag of marshmallows out of my daughter's hand. She's five years old. She said, oh, my son's autistic. Right. Yeah. You're like, what's your problem? I know. <laughs> I know. Now, the only thing that happened was I found out more of his story. That's the only thing. He still had the marshmallows. Heck, I almost bought him four more bags of marshmallows. Like, <laughs> Like, like the only thing that changed was I knew more of his story. I told Audrey, you don't need marshmallows, you know, get out of here. You poor kid, you know. It's like, it's like, same daughter, she still looked like that. She was still crying, same dude, same bag of marshmallows, except I heard part of his story, and in hearing part of his story, it changed my thought about him. And now it changes your thought about me. Great, okay, awesome. Here's the thing I want us to see. Other people's disabilities reveal our maturity. And so, and it doesn't have to be a disability like autism. It can be a disability like an anger problem. It could be a disability like that person that's real clingy, okay, at work or whatever. Or they're real annoying or they brag a lot. all All that does is reveals my maturity or immaturity. Their disability, whatever it is, the thing we see about them that we go, well, surely somebody's got to talk to them about that. All that does is just reveal my own immaturity or my own maturity. I could have handled that whole situation without getting angry. I could have handled the whole situation by going, you know what? I'll bet if I find out some more of this guy's story, it, it might be different. And, and also realizing even if it turned out that he wasn't autistic and he was just a normal kid, there's still elements of his story that I wouldn't know. And I, I, it would be impossible for me to assess value on him. I just don't know his story. I don't even know my own story. Because of that, and let's just look at this one last time, because that is just a good night. Okay, anyway, she's off to college now, so she gone. Okay, Uh, so it's in light of this, in light of the fact that I don't know your story, you don't know my story, and the only person that knows our stories is Jesus. He says this, do not judge or you too will be judged. For in the same way you judge others, in the same way you assign value without knowing their whole story, that's how you're going to be judged. Now, again, uh, and with the same measure you use, it'll be measured to you again. Now, we can look at that and we think, well, gosh, is God going to judge us? Um, is God saying that if I judge you, then he's going to surround me with people that judge me? Like, like, what does that, what does that even mean? What it means is don't judge other people. That's what it means. That this measurement, the measure I use, and it can go the other way. We, we've seen this the other way. We look at judge, don't judge, and we just think negative. But how many times have you seen somebody else's life? Maybe somebody at work or somebody at school, or, uh, and, and you think, Boy, I wish I had that. Man, they're so successful. Wow, they're so smart. They're so, you know, they're they're so amazing. Their marriage, I just, if I just, I wish I had their marriage. But you don't know their story. You don't know what they had to go through to get that marriage. You don't even know if it's a good marriage. It's just, they're just good at faking marriage, right? Jesus is saying, stop doing that. If you're trying to measure up and you don't know their story, how are you gonna know how to measure up? How are you gonna even know what to do? Let me put it this way, in all these different areas, lying and worry that we talked about, wealth, we talked about that, Jesus is trying to give us freedom, and judging people is exhausting. Have you ever thought something about somebody, and when you found out it wasn't true, you were disappointed, right? You like thought they were a certain way, and then you find out, no, they're actually really nice, and you're like, ah, okay, what is that? Jesus is saying, it doesn't have to be that way at all. You can go through life without judging other people. Now, well, here's, here's, he, he, he's going to tell us how. He's going to give us some instruction on how to do that. He says this. He says, why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your, in your uh, brother's eye and pay no attention to the plank in your own eye? How can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your eye, when all the time there's a plank in your own eye? Now, the way we phrase this is basically, well, who are you to judge me? you got your own problems. That's, that's how we take that, take that verse, you know. You can't tell me, you know, you, I saw you the other day, and you know, it's like all that kind of stuff. But I don't think that's where Jesus is coming from. I think what Jesus is trying to say is our outlook, the things that hold us back, because we don't even know our own story, we have to deal with ourselves, not before we can point out the specks in others. The church has been doing that for, uh, for a very long time. The church, some, oftentimes, historically, has sat in its, in its room and has learned a bunch of stuff, and then its job is to go out and start pointing out. All the other things. Jesus is saying, look, why don't you handle your own stuff, stay in your own lane and figure out where you might be wrong and figure out your own story before you can help somebody along. As a matter of fact, he says this, you hypocrite, first take out the plank in your own eye and then you will see clearly to remove, remove, not point out, remove the speck in your brother's eye. In other words, when, when we begin to deal with our own sin, when we begin to deal with our own insecurities, when we begin to take our lives, like we sang, to the cross, and we go, Lord, I, I, I need you to do a restorative work in me. Until that's done, it's going to be very difficult for us to help others because we can't even see it clearly. And so when, when, when somebody says, you know, well, you know, you, got, you know, take the log out of your own eye, you know in fact we should be able to help each other take specks out of each other's eye that's the whole point of what jesus is trying to say it's the paying no attention that's the problem we don't pay any attention to our own log we just go after their speck cuz that makes us feel better so he goes on and then he says this really uh, incredible statement after this that that um again i think we've taken wrong for quite a while do not give dogs what is sacred do not throw your pearls to pigs if you do they may trample them under your feet under their feet and turn and tear you to pieces how how many times have you heard that somebody says well I'm not going to talk to them it's like casting pearls before swine like my thing that I have to offer is so important and they're not even worth it they're like a dog they're like a pig like like they won't listen that's some some of the ways we say it is well I'm not even going to talk to them they wouldn't listen do you think that's what Jesus is saying here? <laughs> Does that sound like a Jesus thing? Like, hey, when you have something really valuable, they're not even worth giving them to. you. Don't even, don't even do that. It doesn't sound like Jesus, and it doesn't sound like this, that it fits in the sermon. You know what I think Jesus is saying? Get this. That that pearl you have is really, really valuable. You know what that pearl is, the Bible tells us? It's the kingdom of God. How the kingdom of God is manifested in your life as you begin to repent, change the way you think, for the kingdom of God is in your midst, and you begin to experience what that kingdom of God is like, you cherish it, and you hold it. The, the, the whole thing of uh, casting, that word cast, it has two meanings, and 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 they're both rich, and they both would fit really well here. One is just to hurl. So like, like imagine you got these pearls and you know, there's a dog or whatever. And you're just like, bam, you know, you like throw it at him. Jesus is saying, don't do that. The other thing is to, just to cast off. It's just to kind of throw without aim. Okay. So one is to like, Chuck, <laughs> don't chuck your pearls at, at the dog or, or, or anything like that. Or just to, just to go like, ah, whatever. The whole point of this is those pearls are precious. The kingdom of God, as it manifests itself in your life, and some of us, we know each other well enough to know we have these stories in our lives where God has done a great work and that is a precious, precious thing. And the idea that we would use that to try to beat somebody over the head with it or just kind of cast it down, our job when we have this precious thing called the kingdom of God is to teach people the value of it. To not just cast it off, but to go, you, you gotta, you gotta see. Like, I got this log taken out of my eye, and I can, I can help you with the speck in your own eye. But see, it's a coming alongside. It's a journeying. It's not a pointing out. It's not like drive-by judging, where you're going by and, oh, man, look at that, oh, look at that. It's, it's hey, look at what God has done in my life. I would like to journey with you. I'd like to come alongside of you so you can experience some of this value that I've experienced. And so he says, do not give to the dogs what is sacred. I, I, think, I think the real thing here is don't devalue your pearls by just throwing them around. Cherish them, what God's doing in your life. Now, what he says next um, has been taken out of context quite a bit. Um, now, what I mean by taken out of context is I don't mean that necessarily the teaching on this next verse is wrong. I'm just saying that oftentimes when I've heard it preached or when I've heard it preached or I've read on it, they don't remind the reader, they don't remind you and I where we are in the Sermon on the Mount. This verse just kind of is, becomes its own sermon. It becomes its own thing. And and it might work that way. I'm not saying it doesn't work that way. But what I want to say is, let's keep it in the context of what we're talking about. To reminder, don't judge people. Okay? Work on yourself. When you've worked on yourself and the kingdom of God has manifested itself in your life, cherish it and walk alongside those people so you can show them the value as well. And so so that's where we are. And so you say, well, man, how do I do that? How How do I come alongside? How do I know what log is in my own eye even? If I'm blinded by a log in my eye, how do I know? How do I see clearly to see that I have this log? And that's where this verse comes into play. He says this, ask, ask, it'll be given to you. You want to know how to handle the pearl of the kingdom? You want to know how these things, these things that were once logs in our lives that now we can turn and come alongside with others and we can help them? I used to worry about that too. I, I totally understand where you're coming from, but this is the work God did in my life. I, when I was single, I was so worried about getting married and here's, what, here's how God met me. When we lost our job or we, we decided to do this instead of do that, and here's where God came and met me. Like, how do we do that? We ask God, teach me. How, what do I do with this kingdom? We seek and we'll find. We'll knock and the door will be open. Everyone who asks receives. The one who seeks finds. The one who knocks, the door will be open. See, that's a whole different way of taking our own issues and stuff that we find out in the kingdom, and we're not judging, we're not assessing value, we're not saying uh, they're, you know, you know, they're bad for this reason, or they're a Democrat, or they're a Republican, or they don't think right, and all this kind of stuff. It, it's not that. It's okay. Here's here's the unique thing God did in my life. I want to I want to use this. Sometimes, you know, what, you know, what I found. Sometimes God allows me to go through things in my life in order to give me those pearls that I have for others later. At the time, I couldn't imagine, I couldn't imagine, you know, why God was allowing me to do this. But all through that while, he, he's helping me so that when I get to here and I, I, and I have others of you guys and people around my life that have their own stories and are painting their own picture, that together I can go, you know what? Oh, I remember when God did that for me. I can help you along as you paint your picture, as we hear your story. And I just ask, I seek, I knock, God, how can you use me? Use my story, use what was a log and is now I can see clearly. So he says, asks, he can knock, and then, then to drive the point home, and this is why I believe you can kind of take this out of context, if you will, and talk about that God answers prayer, which is usually what this verse is for. Of course he answers prayer, okay? Um, but here's the question that I have. I just wrote this down because it kind of rhymed, and I thought it was awesome. Are you asking or casting? <laughs> why, why, why are you... When you're talking about something, when you're talking about somebody and you're, you're, you're kind of making a value judgment about somebody, are you asking? Are you going to journey with them? Or are you, just, are you just casting? Like it's just like, oh, that's, there's they I can't believe they do that. Or, or do you go before the Lord and you go, Lord. Like, can you imagine? Can you imagine? You, you get, you're in line and you got Us Magazine, okay? And, and it's like it's talking about this different, um, you know, like uh, Brad Pitt. And you see there, and Brad Pitt, you know, is going to have his seventh baby with his 15th wife, or whatever, whatever it says on there. I don't, I don't even know how that works. But, but and you just take that thing, and, you, and you're just like, Lord Jesus, like right in line, Lord God, I thank you for Brad Pitt. Well, some of you, yeah, you are thanking God. <laughs> so let's, let's forget that. No, but but like, like, imagine if you saw Us Magazine, and it just burdened you, and you got to figure, I got to figure out, now they call it stalking sometimes, but you don't want to do it with a, with... <laughs> But imagine if, 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 if we, like, did that. Imagine if, okay, forget Us magazine. Imagine you're at work, okay? Imagine you're at school, and there's that person who's really, really annoying. Really annoying. Don't, don't point to your neighbor. Gosh, you guys are, okay, imagine you're at home, and you're in the living room, and you're, no, okay. Now, imagine if you said, Lord, Lord Jesus, I don't know their story. I don't know I don't know why they're acting this way. I don't know what insecurity it is. I don't know anything. I don't I don't know if they're just I don't know if they're just bad a bad person, but could you help me? Could you help me deal with this? Could you help me see in this situation what I need to do to see clearly? Are you asking or are you casting? And that's why we talk about gossip a little bit. This is what gossip is. Gossip is me leveraging a part of your story So that I can gain power. I don't care about you. I don't care about partnering alongside of you. I don't care about helping you. I don't care about taking what God has done in the kingdom of God. uh, In the kingdom of my life. And helping you see in your life. Gossip is just me leveraging a part of your story. That gives me power. So I can talk behind your back. And everyone listens. And it, it makes me feel good. I leverage your story to enhance mine. That's why God is so against gossip, because you just don't know people's stories. So he goes on. He goes, which, son of you, uh, which one of you, if your son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, we will give him a snake? If you then, who are evil, which is just awesome, I don't know how they felt about that when he was preaching to them, but why don't you turn to your neighbor and just say, you're evil. No, don't do that. Um, no, but that word evil seems really harsh. In a sense, all Jesus, and we, we saw that word evil before in this sermon. All it is is it's the other kingdom. It's just the kingdom of the world. It's the one that doesn't work. It's like you, even, even people who forget God and they just want to try to do it on their own, even they get this, okay? That's what he's trying to say. He says, you who are evil know how to give good gifts to your children. How much more will your heavenly father or your father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? He's going to give you what you need. Now you think to yourself, there is no way I can go to work tomorrow and be in the cubicle right next to my boss. And not have him drive me crazy. There's no way. I would submit to you there absolutely is a way. Or else Jesus wouldn't have said don't judge him. Find out more of his story. Find out what's going on. Find out what what, what in your story makes you annoyed at that. Start there. Like what is it about this guy that annoys me? Lord, help me. Help me deal with people like this. Help, Help show me what's going on. And the Bible says right here, he's going to give you that gift. You're asking for something that's near and dear to his heart. Help, help, God, help me. I'm asking, I'm seeking, I'm knocking. Help me deal with this person. I don't want to judge them. I want to love them. I want to see them exactly like you see them. Help me do that. And he's going to help you. You're at school, and you see that person, and you're just like, oh, they have a locker right under me. This is terrible, you know, whatever. Ask, ask the Lord. He says, change the way you think. The kingdom of heaven is right there. So he takes all that and he encapsulates it with this one last, last uh, verse. He says, so in everything, do to others as you would have them do to you. For this sums up life. <laughs> this sums up the whole Bible. This is kind of it. That if you, if you, would, if you would just treat others the way you would want to be treated, giving them the benefit of the doubt, finding out their story. How many times have you acted a certain way and you said, well, if they only knew what I was going through at the time. Okay, great. That's how you should treat others. That's Jesus' whole sermon on judging in one statement. As Ajua comes back up, she's gonna lead us in a song and, um, and we'll uh, wrap it up. Um, But let me ask you a question. What would your workplace be like if everybody did that? Like they didn't judge? Like... People were talking and they said, man, they didn't turn in their reports. Well, just let them off the hook. They're probably going through something. If we knew what their story was, it it, it probably wouldn't be that big of a deal. Did you see the way she treated me on the phone? She just didn't even, you know, I told her about that email and, hey, what if, you know, she's probably just going through something. Can you imagine what your workplace would look like if everybody did that? Can you imagine what your school would be like? They got a school assembly and everybody's walking in and they, you know, they're shoving and trying to get in. They think, oh man, man, everybody's in a rush, you know. Oh, you know, please, after you, you must be in a rush. You must be going through a hard day. Wow, could you imagine your school? That would be freaky, right? Could you imagine the church? Could you imagine if the church, the people who should get it right, looked at their own lives and said, man, God is doing a work in me in these different areas and I finally got over it and I have this pearl and I just want to help other people. Could you imagine a church like that? Could you imagine a family like that? Where somebody gets upset at somebody else and they just figure, oh, you know what? I'll bet if I knew the whole story, I'll I'll bet I'd see it different. You know what? I think Jesus is asking us to do that.